Episode 173. Well, well, well. It is. 173. Last- we are live. Gentlemen, <laughs> how the hell yeah. are we doing? Great. Doing pretty good. You know, um, yeah. I almost Tim Dillon it tonight, Tristan, with sunglasses, but I chose not to. That would have been a legendary move as long as they covered the most, uh, you know, most of your face. That's kind of how it works yeah. with him. Uh, Andrew was unwell over the weekend, but he's on the mend. Uh, you're glowing, looking as good as ever. Jalen, how was your weekend? You do anything cool? You do anything fun? What did, what did I do this weekend? You worked, oh, right? Oh, my God. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I did. You're I supposed did. to, but it got canceled. I, I worked Sunday. It was a double header. Then Saturday, oh, okay. To a birthday Sox are on a bit of a little run right now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, they'll lose five straight, but then we'll be back with another six straight. Yeah, that's a tough division. Uh, Connor, you may have very well seen the USL goal of the season so far uh, live in person this weekend. How was it? Tell me about that. What a match. That that match was incredible. Battery win 4-3 over the Hartford. Fowler's Derby. And it, it literally was a match with everything. I showed up. I was, like, trying to cover the game, and then I just, like I was telling you and Andrew, I, was like, I, I blacked out halfway through. Athletic are up 3-1, but or 2-1, and then a, a player goes off, so you're like, okay, battery are coming back, no doubt. Right after the player goes off, Hartford score, so it's 3-1, and you're like, well, that's kind of, they could pack it in. But then 65th minute onward, Charleston Battery mount the comeback and the game winner in the 90th was an absolute piss missile. It was Vincent Company like 2.0. The way the ball just like started to level, like it started above the ground a little bit and just took off like a, I don't even know, like an airplane. Look, like, yeah. and <laughs> he, didn't even, he, he didn't even swing his leg that fast. Like when you no, watch the replay, he just like kind of. Has a hack at it, but it's all technique. Just get that video from and, get and the that, video from Ben and put it in here. Yeah, that thing came off, man. Oh man! And then the cellies, the scenes. It was it was sick. <laughs> yeah, absolute scenes. And me had a beautiful write up to go along with some beautiful photos. Howler's podcast coming at you from all angles, oh, yeah. creating our own content. Check the WordPress. <laughs> Check content the WordPress. creator. <laughs> we're we're literally journalists. It's and yeah. kind of insane. Um. No, really, really good stuff. I'm glad you got to see that again. Thank you to the Hartford staff for hooking our boy up, putting him on the sideline with his camera, making him look all official. Um, but we got a lot to talk about this week. It's been sort of an interesting offseason so far in the Premier League. Between the transfer window starting to heat up and now all the Saudi League action, sort of players making moves from all angles. Um, but we start with the Saudi League, which has been really, really noisy as of late. Uh, pretty fun watch, honestly, looking at... Uh, where all the players are ending up. Guys like Benzema, Conte, Neves, they've already arrived in the Saudi league. They're already getting acclimated um, in their new pastles, getting pa- palaces, I should say, pa- palace and castle, uh, getting acclimated there uh, and all ready to rock. Uh, Messi, Gerard, Lukaku, they were all linked, came close, but uh, no cigar. But what do you guys think about all this uh, Like, in, from, from a general standpoint, from your, from your thoughts? Well, we look, I think you made the reference, Tristan, to live golf. It's kind of mm. like now becoming something that the football world is seeing it's like crazy um yeah it's just so much so much money it's and weird. like and then like the whole fund bought like half the half the league so like the, the only comparison i can see it with is the chinese league the super league that took right. over for like a i think a solid 5 years you saw players like oscar and hulk in mm-hmm. their prime years go to the chinese super league and iniesta Iniesta, and then uh, you eventually saw that there was a huge 
issues with payments for a lot of those players that were promised a lot of wealth. Um, I don't think that'll be an issue for those going to the Saudi league. And I also, as much as I guess is the question, is it a problem or is it like just something interesting? But if some people are looking at it as a problem for football, I think most like it's not a problem because a lot of players in their prime are still staying in Europe. Like there's those odd bunch, like we're seeing Ruben Neves linked heavily with the Saudi league. I don't think, I don't think players, as like at his age, as much are going to be going to that division. Although the the wealth is there, I think a lot of those players can make those moves towards the end of their career to kind of get that you know generational wealth that they're they're provided or offered from these clubs. I mean, so I totally agree with you. And here's what I've been thinking of the most when I see stories like these of players making potential moves over there. There comes a time when you look at yourself as a player, you look at yourself and what your career has been so far, and. I think a great example of this is a guy like Ziyech, uh, who's been linked heavily. It looks like this might actually happen. You could definitely argue he has five or six years left of high-level European top five league football in him, maybe starter somewhere, but he's had sort of a tough time breaking into the first team, sort of a tough time finding home, getting his form again. So if I'm him and I'm in his boots, I, I kind of get it because you think, man, I'm about to get a pretty insanely lucrative offer, one I probably wouldn't get from any of the top five clubs. On top of that, I have to really work hard to work my way into that 11. That might not ever happen. The coach might not like me. He can kind of walk into this team that he might be signing for. It might be Al-Halal or Al-Nasser. There's really only three or four teams that I think are making big player moves. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, again, there comes a time where you have to think, you have to be responsible and think I might not get this money ever again. I'm potentially affecting like my kids, kids at this point. Right. Is there not a human aspect to this? I mean, I, I, I definitely think there is. I, I have no problem with people like Oscar and Hulk were very honest about it. They're like, we wanted generational wealth for like our families. Um, problem I have with the Saudi league is that it, <clears throat> there's no like end game to it. There's no like future. There's no growth. Like there's, they're not part of European football. Like, you kind of just go there to play the league. The only thing you have is maybe is the Club World Cup. Mm. Like I know they're a part of that, but other than that, I don't really see. I don't see it as a bad thing, but I don't really see it necessarily as a good thing. I don't think chasing money always like is the best thing for the sport. But I mean, a lot of the players are going after are very, very like older. So I mean, even though they're great players and they probably could still play in Europe, like. Them being them being offered that much money is just kind of crazy. I but know it's that- guys like Ziak and it's guys like you know potentially Matt Doherty now who you're seeing, you know they've they've again had a tough time sort of ascending the levels of of the the major leagues and now it becomes sort of like well I have a few years left I might as well. So it's not so much the big name guys really at the end of their careers as much as it is guys like Ziak or or guys like Neves who still had a lot of good football left in them. So I, it's interesting. Yeah, I the being responsible, the obviously putting your family first, players are always should do that. Um, I can't say anything about that, but I think what is interesting to kind of spin that around is if these players go and play in the Saudi League, which is no doubt a lower level of football. They're not playing the best football in the world. Are they also putting the longevity of their career at risk. So it's like, you can go make this generational wealth for two, three seasons. Sure. But what if then when you return or think you're going to return to the 
top tier clubs in the world playing the best football in the world, you no longer can compete how you could two or three years earlier. So maybe the money's worth it, but it's also like if you're making less money over the course of 10 years versus a lot of money in two or three years, how does that generational wealth play in? I mean, the figures are absolutely insane for what these players are getting paid. And I also don't think that we can kind of hang our hat on the fact that it's just older players going. I This is the first season that it's really blowing up where it's Benzema, it's Conte, those older players, yes. I think Ruben Neves is going to offer a bit of a changing of the tide where some younger players are going to start considering this move, especially after the first domino falls. Callum Hudson-Odoi is being approached. He, he was approached by two Saudi clubs. I don't... Yeah, but look at the players that are like we Tristan mentioned it. Like the players this that is are year one, bro. What about next year? What about but like January? They're, but they're pulling players that really like. What has Callum Hudson Odoi really done in the last year? What has Ziyech done in the last year? I think a lot of these players that are going are the ones like Tristan mentioned. Don't really have a career ahead of them. Ruben Neves, yes, is the most I think substantial one because he's like a such a pivotal player in Wolves' side and has linked with you know, Manchester United, Chelsea, um, maybe Liverpool, Arsenal. So I think. Yes, I think the domino effect could be massive, but I also think it could be short-lived. I think we could see maybe a, a shift of like a few players in that prime age going for a year or two, but then I think ultimately players are going to want to... like People that really care about their career rather than like the money they make are probably going to stay in the long term in European football, how it always goes. Like I just, e- Even from an MLS perspective, like... Players are coming here, are coming to the U.S. at a, and it, from the MLS perspective, it's very similar in terms of what is the what is the goal really, other than the growth of the game in the U.S. But there's nothing really to play for. There's no relegation system. There's there's a there's an MLS Cup to play for. But players are coming here still, but it's the same type of players. Players that really can make a name for themselves as as well as they could have when they hit the ground running in Europe. So they come here at 27 to finish out their career. They get a lot of money offered to them. And they're still, Messi's coming here at 35. Like he's still, he's at an age where players usually come here. So I think the same will be done for the Saudi leagues. I don't think players in their mid-20s are going to be going there just because a few of them are going now. I'm not as convinced of that. There's no academies there. The UEFA president said it. I think there's so many more players in the game that yeah, we, the, we put yeah. them on this pedestal of having integrity to play at the highest level and want to be competing. But I think there is a large number of players in the game of football in the world that are much more willing to just go collect their pay. I agree with that. No, yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. Saying, I'm it doesn't not saying ma- yeah. it doesn't matter what age it comes at. It doesn't. And I think the MLS, it's, there's a lot more barriers to get those players here. What we had to do in the MLS to pull Messi, like the whole league had to come together. Like they were offering TV deals. Like they just, Saudi, the Saudi leagues just pay money. It's pretty simple. And I don't think anyone is off limits. I was reading, I want to say it was like a, a 21 year old, a Portuguese 21 year old was approached by a Saudi league club. So I don't think that they think anything is off the table. And it's only, it's June 20th. We're, how far into this transfer window? And if this is the start of something, like everyone thought LIV golf or whatever was probably just going to be, they, they get those players, it, it might sputter out, they might come back. But now look at it. Like there was a merger between the PGA and LIV. Yeah, but that's, if that's, I have that that's correct. A, that's a bit different though because the, the game is still being played in the U.S. But the, the game of football will have to bend. Now. The it, game it of football will have to bend to what, 
that the pull of wealth is in that. Well, in the, the, Saudi the thing that we are seeing is Saudi investors come to the prem and come to. You don't think they're going to have say when they own Manchester That's what United? I'm they we're own not, we're PSG? not far from seeing got teams like Al Halal in Champions League. Like soon, there's going to be a a joint merger. Where we'll see. Oh, th- these clubs can make just as much money as Man City can, as Inter Milan can. So. Connor, I think that's a very, very interesting point in terms of the merger and how, in the end, everybody yeah. just said, "Why are we competing against one another when we could just make yeah. a better product together?" I don't, I don't see. I, don't I, see I generally I do not see, see another the Saudi thing, league breaking into the Champions League. I'm sorry. I also think there's another <laughs> angle to this that we haven't considered, and that's the fact of all these older players. If they pull players at this rate, Benzema, Conte, all those older guys, those smaller clubs that usually get those guys, the I mean, whoever it might be, the Ajax, they have some veterans in their squad. Obviously, always a young team, but I know any, you mean, any yeah. team you pick, like the talent is no longer going feeding back into the system of the smaller clubs in Europe. The talent is then going to the Saudi League, so those teams can compete better against larger clubs than maybe these other teams that no longer are getting that kickback. Well, we were from saying the players. same thing about... Is that good for the game? Like that's not no, good. it's not. I'm not saying it's good for the game, but it's if I don't know if these teams in Europe and Italy in can't compete. I, like, I wonder how many players got offered a lot of money to go to the Chinese Super League when they were blowing up. I I, I bet you a China lot. China didn't have the money. They had a lot they, of money. They didn't pay their they players. All, no, they but, got you know, a rule happened in the league where they cut the funding. So like they, it wasn't like it just suddenly disappeared. Like it was the league in China itself that cut like that stuff. They happened. they China no. was l- far less involved into the interworkings of and still have world far less football. money this is like what we're dealing yeah, with but it was the only it. money that was there was the most money available at the time compared to the other leagues that's my point now there's more money like china pulled like five players over the course of like three years the saudi leagues have pulled 10 players of great notoriety in 20 days like it's insane well how many have actually gone Let's like your name, 20 players. Benzema, Conte's done. That's not, there hasn't been 20 players. There's, there's like, I said 10. You said 20. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 20 are done by the end of the window. And five of them or six of them are going to be from Chelsea alone. I, I think that's sus too. I'm not cool with Bowley just bailing out his oh, horrible yeah. business, making decisions by selling out to the Saudi leagues. I, I think, I don't think it will have much of an effect more than it is right now. Personally, I think they'll so get Andrew, the- Andrew. Essentially, you'd say it's going to be one of those things where a guy goes over for one, two seasons max, eventually says, What am I really doing here? I need to get back on track. <laughs> yeah. I made my money. I've been the yeah. crazy part of the world for some time. But Connor's thinking maybe there's more longevity. I, both sides are so, so interesting. It's actually two really, really interesting points because, again, Andrew, even if you don't think it's likely, I mean, I count <laughs> yeah. four teams that have been in the conversation here it's Al Hilal, Al Etifak, <laughs> Al Ali, Al Itihad. I think I said Al Halal already, but either way, I mean, all you got to do is send a couple. Even even the leagues that send two teams, like the like the Russian Super League, I think only sends two teams to Champions League. But all they need to send is like two, and all of a sudden it's a whole it's a whole thing. But it is really interesting. But on the topic of non Premier League football, it was a Concacaf battle royale, USA versus Mexico, a game that had pretty much everything. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of football being played at some times, but it was pretty insane. Did any of you guys catch any of it? I didn't get to watch it. I saw the red cards in the in the the ripped jersey. There's the, there was a divide in the Flores household, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, right. So your dad is he a, he's a big Mexico fan? Yeah, he was pissed the next morning. I mean, I'm not I'm I'm pretty neutral with both teams, but 
he woke up the next day. I got a text from him, and he was like, "Horrible game last night. Like this Mexico team sucks. Like change the manager, get player, like get the players out. Like they just. I mean, they they've been on a a, a spiral since the 2018 World Cup. I'd say. Who's yeah. of, who of notoriety is still in that team now? The Mexico team is Chicharito still in the? No, no. Cuadrado maybe. He's Colombian. What no. about Chucky? Oh, or, sorry. Guad- oh, yeah. Guadrado. Irving, okay. <laughs> Chucky, Lozano. Uh, yeah. Lozano, yeah. yeah. Lozano and, like, Alvarez from Ajax. Yeah, Alvarez. Oh, yeah. They have, like, one dude that balled out, and that's it. I guess their goalkeeper's pretty good, I don't, Honestly, I, you guys can t- keep talking about it. I can just think of names when I see the lineup. Yeah, I, I watched a, l- a little <laughs> bit of that game. I mean, I think... That game, I think, is a lot less meaningless than the Canada victory for the USA because I do think Mexico is currently in the gutter as far as international, yeah. international football goes. Yeah. Um, it was it was good to see the blood boil again because I think that rivalry is tailing off. So red cards obviously helped that, as bad as that may sound. Um, Dude, the ripped jerseys, but Sergino was getting after it. And... Mm-hmm. The USA were dominant, and it, the lineup that they the U.S. put out in that game was like what every fan wanted to see and has been wanting to see. So credit to the interim gaffer. I don't know his name, but uh, he, he did get the job done. That manager situation was so confusing. Ochoa, Ochoa is also in this Ochoa. Uh, goalkeeper. There's Still, actually, now that I think of it, there's play, a lot though, of things I I've... Think. There's a, a ton of stuff I wanted to ask you guys about. Jalen, you also mentioned, man, now that USA is a striker, you might have to start rooting for them again. What was it like seeing uh, seeing a guy he out there who's actually striking the ball? It's not even striking the ball. It's just like the runs and like during the yeah. World Cup, that was like easily the weakest position. Like we had two, like we had good wingers. Like Wayo would switch in between, but I mean, just to see a striker that could actually, you know, make a run, adjust mid run, get the ball, and then put it. Hold up play. Be clinical. Be clinical was it was definitely exciting to see. I mean, it has, but I mean, it's that's the word everyone uses. Potential for the U.S. side, so it's nice to see it uh, coming to fruition. I think with every one potential, we get like we have to wait like four players for it to actually like, <laughs> come about in like three years. <laughs> Yeah, all that potential, but you never uh, see it all at once, do you? With the USA team, um, but Connor, I agree with you because. Jalen, as you'll know, you've watched pretty much every single Red Sox game for the last few seasons now, uh, home game at least. But barring someone getting injured, re-sparking or reigniting a rivalry, I don't think is ever a bad thing. I think about it with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Not the same thing, different sport. But sometimes I think, man, I wish one of these teams would plunk the other guy or hit their best player or do a dirty slide or something like that because... I don't know. I just think the, the game definitely needs that. And USA are actually, I think, already such a scrappy, jawy team. I just think naturally that's that's how they are as a group, which I love. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see a game get chippy again. It made me really excited for the next time, the next time that they're going to play. But yeah, I mean, re- really good stuff. Any, any individual performances you guys want to shout out besides the non-fighting related? <laughs> Pulisic played. It's so weird how he shows up on the international stage. When you put the armband on him, he plays really well. He was good against Canada. And in the in the final, uh, the CONCACAF Nations League, I can't believe that's a competition at the moment, but uh, <laughs> the U.S. T- is the only team to etch their name on that trophy back-to-back years. And I think last year was the first year of it being issued. But Gio Reyna played phenomenal against Canada as as – much as it pains me to say it because I don't like any of what went on with his family and I would imagine he had his say, but he, he did play really well. 
Um, and a Balogun was dangerous, looking dangerous. He had a he had a goal blocked off the line too that could have made it three versus Canada. So those are those are my three players that I'd shout. Are you really you like say. a professional footballer if you don't you know dye your hair blonde at some point? I don't know. So was, true. They were like, he looks scary. They were bro. like Giroud, twinkle toes. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like looking. I was like, that's not him. And I was like, oh gosh, that is. Jorginho Dest does it. Yeah. Um, he looks scary with it. Yeah, it looks kind of scary. I don't know. Gio really caught me off guard with that. He looks like a Pulisic oversized eighth grader. Right? I think he just highlighted. Pulisic has gone blonde streaks. I know. Yeah, blonde streaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a good look. My favorite blondie of all time is uh, Torres when he was. What was he at Liverpool? Or was he at Chelsea when he had the really blonde hair? He was at Liverpool. Liverpool yeah, Liverpool. Oh yeah. man. Then he Nothing cut his like hair, this. went to Chelsea, and became one of the biggest flops and <laughs> flop became transfers. Yeah. Oh man, I, I mean, and not it's it's worth mentioning too how well England have looked. I mean, again, they've been playing some some not great footballing sides, <laughs> but uh, credit to them, they're putting the ball in the net pretty effortlessly. Kane yeah. gets a couple. Rashford's looking great, Andrew. That's always good to see. I saw that dribble highlight. Yeah, I'm like, bro, bro <laughs> like they, yo, people were going crazy. I'm yeah. like, bro, like he's not doing a triple step over to a elastico against. Yeah, I guess a Germany, <laughs> but German Kyle defender. Walker, like he's not doing that. Rashford is him. <laughs> it was so taken out of context if you don't know who they were playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was, was like it, a San was Marino this, yeah, like San fishing Marino. village. Why do they always play San? They always play San Marino. Didn't they play North Macedonia too? They play them. Thing? They play like Luxembourg, like. But it's not like that. It's not just them. Like Portugal does it. Spain does it. And you're just like, I feel like they play San Marino all the time. They do. They do. Where is San Marino? <laughs> I don't know. Not to be yeah. rude. It's out of my job. Like yeah. Sounds like to be rude. I just don't know where it's knowledge. <laughs> sounds like an off island, the coast yeah. of San Diego, I believe. <laughs> Saka had a hat trick. Trent wearing the ten shirt put in a fucking hell of a midfield. Everybody was going fucking out of. They were that was oh, worse if they weren't going out of the world for soccer. That was worse than the Rashford shout. Well, yeah, Rash, Rashford only scored one goal. It, the tr- put that's the ten, the, put that's the where ten the English bias really comes into effect is when no. you see like headline after headline after they win seven zero and they're hailing Saka as like the greatest footballer of our generation because he listen, scored a hat trick. Listen. Guys, I'm going to ask Connor something, and I want you to be nice. I want you to just let him, for yeah. two minutes, just answer this, okay? Yeah. So, Trent's look pretty good in the midfield for England. Is this something that you'd like to see at Liverpool at some point in the near future? Or would you just like your team to buy more midfielders? This, is this something you think holds water at Liverpool or no? Oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> he, I think we're going to play like City played, and I think he's going to take – he's still going to play at right back because of his ability to whip balls across – but I think he is going to play in an inverted midfield Real original. Um, role. Hey, man, Pep's tactics work. I don't care if we steal them. Can't play your original position, so let's slot you in the midfield. Um, if you can't beat him, join him. So I think Trent will still remain a right back, but I do think he'll play in midfield like he did the back stretch of the season. I, th- I, I think, think for England, he might be able to be a full-time midfield player. Easily, yeah. Can I speak? I'm raising my hand because I know Tr- oh, Connor, please, please. Connor might get... or. He'll be Tristan, the next Kevin De Bruyne. will get mad at us because we're going to start bickering. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I feel like it might be worth it for Liverpool to invest in a defensive slash attacking fullback and just slot Trent in because I, I feel like Trent could still get plenty of assists mm. with because he. Could, I feel like they allowed him to be a, bit, a bit more fluid, especially if he's around the eighteen. We'll get hockey or just assists. whip balls in from midfield. We we'll we'll get do way it. more hockey assists where like he'll play the ball that is. Like to Salah, and then Salah. Yeah, I think like, that might be like worth 
not investing sixty five million in a midfielder and ver- investing thirty five million in like we a do, really we do we do midfielders for thirty five nowadays. Yeah, oh aka McAllister. I, we do have Calvin Ramsey. He's, oh, that's he's a true. he's a young player that didn't play last season. He was the young player of the year, I think, in the Scottish. Timmy Cost, so. no, he's left fullback, left fullback, left fullback. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know if wingbacks come cheap anymore thanks to Tottenham fucking jacking up the yeah, price. They really, they, you guys really None invest- of them work out, so it's like what I'm more over here like <laughs> yeah. the jackasses. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Andrew, tell us a little bit more about the most recently wrongfully sacked Premier League coach, Mr. Gary O'Neill of Bournemouth, who was sacked two days ago, to many people's surprise, including myself. Yeah, so Gary O'Neill, obviously, um, we love a underdog story, love a comeback from a team, especially like Bournemouth, after, after having such a difficult start to the season. Scott Parker gets sacked after a 9-0 loss to Liverpool. He steps in, becomes caretaker, and then becomes official manager. I think him keeping them up, he got a two-year trigger in his um, contract. So that automatically got put in. But then obviously, um, American owner Billy uh, Bill Foley... So he's the owner. He sacked. He did sack uh, or parted ways with Gary O'Neill. And um, immediately after, they signed Adroni Ariola, who was the Real Belcano uh, manager where they finished 11th in La Liga last season. Apparently, he was heavily sought after by a lot of uh, European teams. And a couple of reasons why they decided to part ways was um, the club wanted to go in a different direction in terms of play style. Uh, they felt this move provided the best platform to build um, to build from. So a couple of things that they want to invest in is a new training facility, upgrade the stadium, and attract new players. So what kind of brings it all together is who's managing all those things, who's involved every day. So I can see where that, why Sack and Gary O'Neill makes sense. And initially we all were a bit shocked, like, oh, this is, this is weird. Like, why would you sack someone who kept you up? But if you are a club like Bournemouth, you have to kind of keep up with the Joneses, as we say in the Prem. You have to kind of make strides and... Mm-hmm. it's not worth risking another season fighting relegation. So why not go for someone who is clearly in, who clearly was interested, who took the job, who has success or semi-success in a top top league in terms of mid-table in La Liga, um, who was who linked heavily to other clubs. And it kind of takes away from the past. With Scott, I don't know how... Was Gary O'Neill the youth manager or was he assistant to Scott Parker? I have no idea. If either way, I think it's best to kind of, you know, clean the slate and start fresh with somebody new. So I feel like, regardless of what he did for the club, in terms of their like short term to long term success, this is really important for them. So I think it's a good move. I think it makes sense. I think Gary O'Neill. He's only forty years old. He's got plenty of career in him left. I don't think people will look or clubs will look at Gary as like, oh, he. He failed because he sat, got sacked by Bournemouth. They'll look at it as like, no, he kept Bournemouth up, and then Bournemouth decided to just part ways and try something new. So I think for him as a manager, he has a lot to look forward to, and it may freshen him up a bit. Like He had one of the hardest jobs, which is to keep a Prem team up with the, the like his back against him. Bournemouth was one of the least invested sides in the league. We, we looked at, I remember we did like a preseason analysis on their transfers, and it was pretty weak. So mm-hmm. um, pretty impressive what they were able to do, and I think he is the reason why. So I think that will give him an opportunity down the road. It's here's what's funny when, and I listen to you and I, I agree with everything you've just said. And I think 
there's fans of, of clubs like Bournemouth who'd say, man, wouldn't it be nice if we had Tottenham money? Wouldn't it be nice if we had a big stadium and, you know, this big famous supposedly club that's mostly just doing the financial work? Everything you've just described is exactly what Tottenham have gone through. Like a, a manager who a lot of fans were thinking, oh, you know, this style of football is not working for us. We could do better. We need to move on. A lot of people would tell me, you know, it's Tottenham. You shouldn't overlook this great manager. Like you shouldn't, you should feel lucky to have what you have. The whole, you know, is the manager at the right club thing. It happens all throughout the table. It was like the same exact situation. It's just sort of funny when I was thinking about all this. Like there was so many Bournemouth fans who probably said this guy's playing style sucked. So many Tottenham fans said Conte's playing style sucked. But you could still say, you know, Conte got Spurs playing as well as they could have been. You could have said Gary Neal had Bournemouth beat fighting relegation, you know. So it feels like you never really escape the do we have the right coaching battle, no matter how much money you have or where you are on the table, I guess. I don't know where that really relates to the whole conversation, but I'm just, I don't know. It's like the parallel. I think about it. Like you can be in a different dimension where you're as rich as, as all, and you can, and you can get anything you want, but you still at the end of the day have the same. I think that's why Bournemouth are taking that risk though, because they don't have the security financially to kind of just pick managers. And, um, but that doesn't make sense either. I don't know. I don't see this. Because I they, see this as a Bournemouth needs to know their role. Like as much as they want to be someone, they're not. They're still Bournemouth at the end of the day. I don't think when play, when teams go and chase a managerial name, hoping it's going to bring talent their way, it ever goes well. I don't know that there's much record of it going well. Um, I well, I don't think it's like Ancelotti's an example of Everton. He goes there. They spend a ton of money. Then now they've fight relegation every season but i don't think this manager's on the level of that he's, he's a pep i'm pretty sure he's he's coached under pep or played under pep i think he's like a pep guy and no I think, that's the, that's a different coach i think that's the attraction that's a lester coach oh is it yes yeah it is. either way but bournemouth trying to play an attacking play style i don't think that's necessarily going to work out and as much as you want the manager manager's name to bring players in you have to be able to afford those players and players are expensive. And I don't know that Bournemouth has the budget to just convince players to come here or whether that's a transfer fee or to pay them. So I I don't know, maybe Gary O'Neill wasn't the right answer, but for where Bournemouth sat, they didn't play horrible football. They did really well this season. He was in charge a lot of the season and I get, what do you want lower clubs to play like Burnley the entire time? No, you just Bournemouth didn't play like Burnley. Okay. Then you just said like, you don't want them to play. They should why, be. Looking. Why do they need to chase a, an attractive play style? Why do they need to uh, attract? Why do they want to play attacking football and score goals? Yeah, but you can't always do that. Okay, you need to have the what, players what? to do that. And Bournemouth, I don't think, can afford the players to do that. It's not like they're bringing in this guy and he's suddenly just going to bring in a million technically gifted players. I think it he just changed. Prove, yeah, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to put my name on the line here, but Bournemouth probably go down. I, I just understand it as it as them looking to make decisive decisions in a very, you know, quick and quick, fast acting league. That's they have to they have to adjust and do what they can. And if if this could be the right choices, this could go completely south. But you you can't risk that. You can't risk not trying that. But then you also there's also a risk in not having stability and having a managerial turnover. And I think all of us also criticized. They already had that, but we <laughs> criticized teams for doing that. They could have. They could have 
hired Gary O'Neill as an interim manager. He does well for a set period, and then they bring someone else in. But they gave him the season. He stayed up. He did his job. Why not give him more time? We're, you, I know, are especially critical of managers not getting enough time to prove themselves and teams being too quick to axe them. So, like, I think I think this is a better decision because it, you gave you waited till the end of the season and then. You gave him the opportunity, he succeeded in it, and then you can part with I think that's way better than broke, just sacking don't fix him. it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Bournemouth go down next season. I don't think Bournemouth go down next season now. <laughs> you better we better remember this, Nestor Connor. You better be picking them relegated, Andrew. You better be p- picking them to finish eighth. <laughs> I Burnley, think Burnley uh, I think <laughs> Gerard's gonna end up going to Bournemouth. That's my uh, gut feeling. I think I thought, eventually they're wait, gonna that, that Saudi thing didn't go through. The Saudi thing did so. not go through. Uh, Gerard said, uh, announced politely today. They reviewed the terms and he did not find it was suitable for his tall, 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 whatever the hell he said. But uh, guess it's no, going not back. happening. So guess it's going back to the Scottish Premiership, though. Mister Brendan, Ro- Mister Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> He's yeah. about to take over that league again. <laughs> uh, Mister Kieran Owen gave us a wonderful question this week. Thank you, Kieran. Okay, so we're going to do dream transfer for each of our clubs. And as we discussed shortly before pressing record, it is a dream transfer. Still has to be sensible, meaning I'm not going to say like Mbappe coming to Spurs. Cool as that would be. It would be my dream, but it's not happening. But uh, anything that that is likely to happen. So, Jalen, you literally could say any player on the planet, probably. So this for you should be the most difficult question because you have the widest range of players. But uh Anybody want to go first? Anybody already have their dream transfer? I have mine. Go ahead. Connor, please. It is Taram. Um, He's just sick. I saw a picture of him today. I followed him on the gram. He was dripped out in his France gear. Oh, so it's going to happen now. Um, But It's close, right? I think we're one of a few teams at the table. I want to say Chelsea got involved, which pisses me off. But PSG are also a team at the table. It just has to be, I think, that he wants to come to Liverpool more than to go to those other teams, which I hope that he'll choose because the depth charts on those other teams are just, I don't know, it's a maze, and I don't think that he'd be guaranteed playing time. Whereas if he comes to Liverpool, he's a 6'4 frame. He is very tidy on the ball. He has foot skills to deliver. He can go forward. He can defend. So when you think of versatile midfielders, I think he's our guy, and I don't think he's going to come at a crazy cost. It might be... I mean, I say that, but it'll probably be like 50, 50 mil, 60 mil. I don't really know. It might go up if those. I feel like it would be a little bit lower. You think? <clears throat> he's what, 20? I mean, he's, he's very young. I think he's like 21, dude. Oh, he might be. Maybe. Maybe yeah. he does go for that amount, but I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's, I mean, we'd have we'd have a bunch of 6'4 dudes running around that are also pretty suave individuals. Verge, Kanate. Gokpo. Like, we'd be a big the hair team. gel budget would be crazy at yeah. Liverpool, that's oh. for sure. Our spine would be a bunch of man mammoths. Yeah, so. and then two midgets and Harvey Elliott and McAllister <laughs> running around the field. Yeah. Jalen, dream there. transfer. Is it Mbappe? I don't, that's not like a dream. Tra- like, no, like, he's like, nah, that's going to happen. No uh, yeah, like, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. see it not happening. Like, I don't, like, either this season or next season. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I would really like, um, even though we already have him, like already had him, I would love Hakimi. That would be sick. I oh, hate, I hate, yeah. I hate Carvalho Hall with a burning passion. Yeah, Hakimi, that would, how much do you think he would go for? How much do you think you're buying him for? I don't 
don't know, 70, 80. PSG yeah, hates was, us, so probably not. My guess would be 80 mil. That would have been my gut and feeling. It just sucks because we, we already had him at one point, and then we let him go. Same thing with Teo Hernandez. So that's just the way it goes. Poor you, man. Oops. No number Andrew, nine stand out? Uh, I would definitely take Harry Kane. I was going to say, you sort of stole my thunder there, Jalen. Uh, Andrew, is Harry Kane your dream signing? No, uh, I want Victor Oshiman. I was just doing some uh, quick research Oshiman. on him. The Nigerian striker, uh, 6-1. I think the biggest thing United's crying for right now is a goal scorer in our number nine's position. Um, the Napoli president said the only way he can leave is if they accept or if they get an offer that's too big to reject. I think they're only looking five hundred million dollars. <laughs> looking for anything over a hundred million euros. He transferred from Lille in twenty twenty for a fee worth of seventy five million. Yeah, he was expensive. So was ex- and we were like, I was like, what the hell? It was. I think it was a record fee for Napoli. And so, yeah, for me, I think this is something that's worth investing in. You look at every other club making big investments. Holland went for seventy five. Oh, uh, Holland was City. cheap. Fifty eight. He, he was like, yeah, he was. Oh, like fifty eight. Because you had a. He had a clause in his contract. Well, Grealish was a sorry. Seventy five was Darwin Nunez. Um, More goals than Sancho and cheaper. I, I wasn't taking a shot. I was just stating. Oh, you were. <laughs> you were talking about City. You didn't even name Jack Grealish. He's not a striker. He's not a striker, dude. You're out of and here. He has, and he has You're a champion. Leave it to this Tristan, guy to pick the most expensive Tristan, guy on the planet. It's just, it's like, we, can we get a marker now when Connor indirect, like unfairly gets mad at me the and takes shots? Oh, yeah. This whole let's get that. Oh, oh not to mention Darwin Nunez. What do you? Did mean? anyone not hear that? Am I the only one sitting <laughs> in this room? I think you're the only one that perceived it that way. I think it came off. You're the only one that perceived it that way in this room. And get on you box, Andrew. You gave him an English accent. You were like Darwin Nunez. You did like the head bob thing. Um, I think Victor Oshiman is a a must a must uh, a must go getting signing. If that makes sense, a must go. <laughs> well said. That didn't make sense. What I didn't even know that a must signing for the summer. It's a must have. A must. Have. There you go. <laughs> that made no must sense. Must go getting. I feel signed. I'm flustered. Right, when now. I see a cool hoodie online, I'm like that is a must go getting hoodie. <laughs> it's kind of a cool thing, but. Yeah, I think I think he's the one to go for if we're going to drop a lot of money. It'd so. be crazy if you got him this season. I mean, he spent like what two seasons? It's going to be one hundred and twenty. Like two seasons at Lille, one at Napoli, and then just starts at United. I know Napoli it, lost their manager, so I don't like. Yeah. I don't feel like they're going to be as good. He wanted to take a break. He'll come back. He's expect. Oh, that's uh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry's out. It's the bald. Dude. Oh, sorry's out. Lots of bald. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. Wrong. Lots of Napoli get me mixed up sometimes. But anyways, I think there's a two-year um, extension that he's being offered currently in Napoli. So, how much, Andrew? How much do you seriously think is too big? Like, what would the offer have to be? Let's put an exact number on it. Over a hundred? Too big for me? Like, too? Like, no way? No, no, no. Like, for like, what? What do you think that offer needs to be? What do you? What do you think the number was in Napoli's mind? A hundred? I think it's it's got to be a. It's gonna be like at least yeah, hundred twenty, one twenty-five. Yeah. Pocket change for that club. They like to burn the money over there. Wait till <laughs> yeah, the takeover yeah, happens. Yeah, you only, you only hate it. You hate us because you ain't us. Let's, let's put it that way. I don't want to be you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. All right. On the topic of, of uh, drama. I'm sorry. And transfers. And transfer drama. Wait, who do you um, want? Floating in the ether. Oh, right. That's right. Um, Little old me. Well, I'd be pretty happy if we got James Madison. And that doesn't even feel dreamy enough to me. You know, that's something that 
we could realistically do. I think Newcastle are going to end up getting him, but man, where would you play life. him? Play him next to Bentoncourt. And they have a new manager, bro. Yeah, I'd say Bent. Yeah, that makes sense. Dude, that Celtic. It's not going to be the Celtic five, two anymore. That Celtic ball at Spurs It'll is going to go three, crazy. Yeah. I'd honestly still even maybe play Hoiberg. I still like him, even though nobody seems to really rate him at Spurs or outside of Spurs anymore. I but think he's still good. you should experiment in benching Kane. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'll be that's a good move. <laughs> We're still going to give him a statue, but unfortunately, you're not in our plans in the starting <laughs> eleven this season. Um, yeah, James Madison, because then we have a guy who can take free kicks, and good Christ, we'll have some help getting the ball moving forward. Can get Kane more in the box and less being an offensive midfielder. Um, okay, but transfer drama. I mean, Declan Rice is still the main story today. West Ham rejecting Arsenal's second offer, essentially saying it's going to be a hundred mil or bust or ninety-five mil, some add-ons that eventually create a hundred mil, but. Not everybody convinced of Declan Rice on this podcast. Uh, Jalen, you mentioned the interesting English tax today. Elaborate I, more I, on that. I, like ninety, like not trying to corner you. No, 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 We need an answer. I'm, I'm, I'm with you here. It's just like the modern age football. Like why? Like West Ham's denying a hundred mil for one guy, and I get it. He's good. Like. Imagine if he didn't win that trophy this season. There's no way they could even offer that. Yeah. So, he hasn't had that great, like, he had a really consistent season. He hasn't had a great season. He's also at West Ham. Okay. That's just, like, so. He has a lot more responsibility. So who does West Ham though? think they are to be like, oh, yeah, we're not taking 100 Can, can I? Can He's I, also I, phenomenal for England. Can I interject with uh, an example that may be relevant a little bit? Don't say don't. In terms of In terms of, like, level of, look, the Leicester team that won the league, that team was very the team on paper was not the team that West Ham have on paper. Let's put it that way. Conte was the sole heart of the midfield. That guy was not going to like if my point is that like, we're looking at a defensive midfielder and West Ham won't offer, won't accept a hundred million. But like we see players like we see a player like Conte make a move and like, like teams will give him up for like mm-hmm. less money than, West Ham are willing to accept it. To me, it's just a bit ridiculous that like there's players like that that have floated through the football world as of recently. But like in this situation, because yeah, I think Declan Rice is because he's English, it's going to be it has to be 130 million, and he's West Ham's golden boy. I get it. That's that. Those are the two reasons why I think, and I get it. But like 100 million, 100 million. Like what did uh, what did um, uh, Benfica, uh, Benfica get? Enzo, what did, what did they get for him? More than that. It was like 100. It was like 10. That's that's insane. Like, that is still... He's, De- a, he's a World more Cup. more proven. He's a World Cup, but like, he's a World Cup winner. But Declan's way more proven. Declan's been playing at the level he's been playing for three seasons. I don't in know. In the Premier League. Also, he came from a, the same league transfer. I still, I don't like, know. What, I think a, what makes what you, you think what do you Enzo, think, what do you Enzo think, is a midfielder. He's a defensive midfielder. He's a six or an eight. What makes him way more worth it that there's he's more Engl- vers- he's more versatile than Declan Rice is. Declan can easily uh, see, go I don't forward think that's true. in the midfield back Declan in West Ham in the midfield. You're not gonna play him at eight or ten. He's gonna play the eight. Well, not he'll be Arsenal able to team, play. He, both play the he doesn't. Enzo Enzo can play eight for England. So why would Enzo can play the eight and ten? That doesn't change the fact that he's still way six. more proven. Jaden Sancho was almost a hundred million. He's an English player, but like. I don't know all these players that come through. How much like, do you think? Why, De- how much do you think Declan's worth? Like realistically, I think he's worth a hundred million to to Arsenal. Then I'd say accept it, West Ham. I, I would back that. What? 
Accept accept it. They haven't offered it. Yet. Oh, I thought they offered it. I'm sorry. They've offered ninety. I think that's I think a lot of money too. It came, out to, the English, it came out to ninety eight. Of all the English oh, players, oh I think the, the least English taxed is Declan Rice. I think he's proven that he can play at the highest level and he's done it for England. He's a choice he's a first choice over Jude Bellingham in Southgate starting eleven for England. Whoa, and, and has whoa, been come on. has been for three seasons. Where did where did England finish this so, year? What are you talking about? He in played in both, he both he started in the World Cup and the Euro. Yes, but Declan's been doing that. He's been he's been Gareth Southgate. Jude's nineteen. So Declan's <laughs> been doing it for three years. He's not a fucking ancient individual. Jay, okay, and, and Jay, and what it doesn't I'll say change is this. his value based on how old he is now. Jay, you said give him. It, it, what where would he be still worth it without the trophy? Maybe not, but give him credit for the trophy. That's pretty impressive. I said, I, I, I said he's Mr. Consistent. He's been consistent throughout, but like a hundred million is just a lot of money for a center defensive mid at that. Like that, we've we talked about this on the pod before. How different positions are worth different amounts. I thought Enzo. Was, I thought Enzo was ridiculous. This has got like, come on. Like Enzo Declan's better than Enzo, it's same, but it's in the same boat. Declan is better than Enzo. It's, it's, in, it's still ridiculous because it's position positional wise. Yes, I don't but think. I, it's, I think again. I don't think it guy, is anymore. Uh, with a guy of that magnitude, like what's been the common theme among transfers that have worked the last few seasons is that all of the guys whose transfers worked out already had Premier League minutes. So rarely was that not the case. I mean, Cucurella is maybe the only case I could think of that comes to mind. A lot of the Chelsea guys too, but I mean. A lot of times these things just don't work out the way that you think they will. Sometimes they do, but I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I, I happen to think he's be, he's good enough for the hundred mil price price tag. I, I do think that that's something that would be worth the investment. I wish they just do it. I also think part of it's West Ham saying, "Listen, like we will not be fucked with. We will not be dicked about in this office. We're going to make sure we get what we asked for. We'll probably never get a guy that's good again." So there's this sort of back against the wall feeling that all clubs with guys like that have, but. I, I personally happen to think that he's good enough for that price tag, so too, it's really Jason. only an English tag. You know what's you funny? He's worth it. You know what's funny? You're saying that they don't want to get dicked around, but like nobody will ever look back at this period if he went for 98 million and was like, oh, what a steal. Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal, got, Arsenal got Declan Rice for 98 million. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's going to look yeah. back at that ever in history of football and be like, that was a steal. How much was Caicedo What business worth? they did. Caicedo's going to go for 70, and he's way less proven. He's going to go for way more than 70. <laughs> yeah, but... Like that's that's proving our point that Declan Declan's better than Caicedo. I never said that. I just said, don't you think that's inflated since he has yes, less? But how can you pick that center defensive mid is the one position that can't be inflated? Cucurella, sixty million. Every outside back nowadays, if they're good, go from anywhere for from forty to sixty million. That's another great. Point. That's an outside back. When you look at when you look million. at eleven, that doesn't mean they're worth that. Connor. When you look at eleven play, but that's not just English players. So the tax what do you is mean? for all That's players. the only league That's that just... pays that amount of money for that, Connor. No. What other league is paying 60 mil for that? Who just paid an infinite amount full of money? Back, for... Full back. Full back. You just oh. said full back. You oh. just said full back. Okay. There's other leagues that... It's name PS... one. Name PSG one. just... Paid... They paid for Hakimi. That's one. And that was like two years ago. They got him for like 60 and that's, that's PSG. an outside back. It's PSG. It's an outside back. What Jaylen? other team? What other team, Connor? You're naming. You just said only English teams, so you said name one, and I named one. Oh my gosh, you're you're great, dude. You're but, great. But no, like if you look at eleven players on the field, you say it's an unfair inflation. Every play, every player, every position right now is inflated because that's just the market. But when you look at eleven players on the field, I don't think there's a more valuable player than a true. 
eight. That is the most valuable position on the field who can change a team in one season more than any other goal scorer, more than any other winger. Yeah, sure. Mo Salah is more, less even, valuable like, than at, a like, fucking look at Jordan Casemiro. Henderson. Casemiro. If United, signed, if United signed anyone else outside of you only Casemiro. You paid $60 million for him for the I'm, best, I'm not, for the best defensive midfielder about, in the world. I'm talking about the value of a center defensive mid. Any right. other player you bring into that side, you bring in a 20-goal striker, it doesn't change that United team like Casemiro did this season. Jude Bellingham, you, Real Madrid's midfield. It's been the best in the world for so many seasons. Those midfield players, regardless of who's tapping in the goals, is built on the foundations of a very high-quality midfielder. Enzo Fernandez, another center defensive mid. I think he is the most valuable player in that Chelsea team. And it's because I don't, he I don't does think one, so much. I don't think one lives. Out, I don't think one lives out with. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think one lives lives without the other. I think they both. I, I I get Connor's point. So it's not just a defensive midfielder that's really unfair. I, I, so you're I, a goal scorer. Like I'd say, I side with ah. with Connor because it, it's true. I mean, if you sign a if you sign a guy who's supposed to get you thirty goals a season and he scores ten and it's kind of a flop, you're not automatically like you know making. Let's say, oh, we're going to get rid of him. This is not going to work out. But if you get a, a CDM and he just puts in shit shift after shit shift, it's going to stand out a lot more and you're going to leak goals because of it. So I you get what he's games. saying in terms of not to nitpick and not to move the goalposts, which is hard to do in an argument like this. But again, when you get a guy like that, you can like w- look at what we said about Rodri for City. Even in a team like that, he sticks out game after game. And that guy's getting serious Ballon d'Or looks. Some people have said he should be rightfully be finishing towards the top based on his importance. Whether or not you think that's ridiculous, that's a different story. But I get the whole point of you do need to sort of reemphasize positions and reassess the bar that you set because we're way more forgiving with offensive players than we are with any defensive guy. And while I think Declan plays both sides of the ball extremely well, the defensive side will be important. That's a huge part of why I think Arsenal will sign him if they end up paying the 100 mil. But, I mean, there are other players. Two mil more needed. I mean, he'd be one of the most expensive midfielders of all time, right? Yeah, right behind Jude Bellingham. Yeah, yeah. There'd be it'd be a short list. Connor's so jealous. He Enzo. wants him so badly. I mean, remember when he was like, remember when he was like Steven Gerrard went over to 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 Germany to go talk to Jude Bellingham. I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's what did it. Uh, and then Zidane brought him into his box been, for the CL final. Yeah. <laughs> who's been and making transfer waves? It looks like Arsenal, Arsenal might be getting Timber for thirty mil, which would be pretty damn good business. Yeah, I saw the potential eleven. Did someone send that? No, I think it's I Declan saw it. Rice, and they're trying to get someone else there, right? Kai, Kai is yeah. Kai. No, in the in the two in the pivot that they Lavia, have. Lavia, yes. Yeah. Well, Look, I, 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 really I want to shout something here. You guys probably won't agree with me. Yeah, when we're talking about Havertz to Arsenal, I think somebody said, "Yeah, he'd only be backing up Jesus." I think Havertz starts over Jesus in that Arsenal team and. Like after five or so games, for some reason, I think. I actually I saw a potential lineup if they sign, if they bring both of those players Kyle's in. Kyle's in midfield. Kyle's in midfield. And Kai was sitting next to really? Odegaard, and yeah. they played with two attacking midfielders. Another thing that Arsenal would be completely unable to do if they don't bring in Declan. Any other yeah, midfielder cannot true. play behind those two. They had Partey. Well, Partey will be gone. Odegaard. It looks like he's on the way out. Partey was like one of the best. Oh yeah, Partey. Partey did the job this season. Are you kidding me, bro? Come on, Partey can't even last ten games. Partey bro. was one of Arsenal's was one of the best for ten games, bro. Plus, that's again, not, that's not true. Partey is all but announced that he'll be leaving. Oh. Like he just pretend, uh, be under the impression that he's not there, even there next season. Oh. The, the, the head bob that Connor did when he looked at 
Dude, you think Partey can do the do- job that Declan Rice can I do? I think you're overhyping Declan Rice. I don't. I, you said I don't, Thomas Partey, bro. He was a very solid defensive midfielder for Arsenal this season. For 10 games. It wasn't for Connor, 10 no games. No one's team Rice like we are. We're really the only guys riding for I Declan I, I honestly hope okay. he fails now. I honestly hope he fails at 100 million. I think it's the I'm nose. not saying that he won't. I think won't. it's the nose that gets me. Jeez, yeah, yeah. But Declan's I think, an interesting I think, I think Odegaard has a good engine, though. I feel like he... Yeah, Kai would do no defensive work. They could all. do it. They, they could really do it for seventy million with Casado, no problem. Yeah, that's true. Not as proven. Would, at that point, bigger I mean, risk. At that point, I feel like he would slide sure. in there so nicely, especially guys coming over from Brighton. That usually works out well for Arsenal. I mean, I don't know. Is, is anybody else? It's, it's like only Arsenal. I've, I'm seeing links to anybody. Yeah, it's really not is. making a lot of moves right now. They're like, you guys, they, are, they have other issues to worry. You about. guys, I like, can't. You guys could can't. Well, we're in the yeah. we're in the middle of a we're in the middle of a takeover like. Increase the club debt, and I would throw the whole deal yeah. off. I don't think that would throw anything off. No, I don't know. Print money. You'll make that money back at some point. Um, City you bring an Osman, you'll put asses in seats. You'll make that money back. You'll City sell got jerseys. Kovacic and and they're about to get what's his name? John Do they Scott. definitely get him? COVID, I'm pretty sure Kovacic is pretty, pretty much sure, like a lock yeah. deal. That's a, that's a solid sign. Gavardiol, they're trying to get him, which would be oh, insane. Yeah. He would be like the most expensive center back in the world. If they get Kovacic, they can let Gunagon go. Uh, Vardiol will be 100 mil for City, too, probably, right? Isn't that his I'm pretty sure, the I'm asking price? pretty sure Leipzig like, does not, is trying to do everything in their power to not let him go. Yeah. I think. What, uh, about, what about Sesko? Ben Sheshko of, of Leipzig? Isn't he going somewhere after this season, too? I don't. I like him a lot, but he's he's very like he's very raw talent. Yeah. Who else? Other than that, Newcastle have been quiet again. Not Marco Barella. It's yeah, also I've super. Seen Bar- I've seen Barella. He's not going to be for fifty though, because apparently. Yeah, where did that? Where did that number come from? July and July and August are big transfer months, though. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's there's uh. No, we'll not, catch him on the I'm next one. Remember. It's all right. <laughs> I don't remember. That's all I got in my journal on my end, boys. Yeah, that's all right. Bournemouth might sign Coolvert. Coolvert? Clivert? Clivert. Clivert. Cloyvert. What a flop. <laughs> it was a big flop. It's sad to say. His dad was a really good player, though. Patrick? Oh, the Kim. Who's that center back? Napoli From Napoli, center. yeah. Kim and Jay going to Bayern. That's Bayern. true. <laughs> I was up there. United, he, was, he was linked with United heavily. United's sick Spurs. right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mourinho, yeah, Wanda, yeah, yeah. Said, no. <laughs> like Scriniar. <laughs> yeah, Mourinho said, hey, that guy's pretty good. And Levy said, yeah, why don't you shut up, Jose, okay? Why don't you just shut up? We're not doing that. I told you. You're getting dire, and you're going to live with it. And I'm going to sack you the day before final. And that'll be the story of you. I've never seen a manager hate a team like that. Good. And again, he again he said, Mr. Levy's Tottenham. I will say, everybody's saying he's shitting on Spurs. He's really not, though. He's really just shitting on Mr. Levy, which is the ultimate end game for all of us here. So. <laughs> but I think that'll do it, right? We'll do it. Yeah. Wrap it up. See you later, folks. Thanks for joining Bye, us. Everyone.